1: In this podcast, I had the absolute privilege of speaking with Yusuf, as you may know, Yusuf is becoming a, quite a popular figure over the Middlesbrough faithful over this season, um, and we delve into a variety of topics from why did you support Middlesbrough, Britt or Banford, that debate which is being going on this week, um, the all-time eleven, racism in football, and, and so much more. Um, we've discussed to do another podcast in the future. Because um, we just felt like even two hours was, wasn't enough. So I really hope you enjoy it. This is the Borough Breakdown. I'm Johnny Bullock. Let's get right down to it. <laughs> And on this podcast, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by a of fan who's just became a really popular figure uh, within the club at the moment, and it's Yusuf. Yusuf, Hi how there, how's it going? Yeah, I'm very well, how's thank it? you. Very, very well. Um, how are you? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm very
0: well, thanks. Yeah,
1: thank you for inviting me to, to this podcast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, no, great. Um, Yusuf, I kind of, I really wanted to start this podcast off and, and talk yeah. about you. I know we spent like five, ten minutes there uh, having a quick chat, but um yeah that's kind of and before we get into the whole of the season and stuff like that and I yeah. know you're based in London so how right. so how and why did Middlesbrough come around and how did you start following the club
0: yeah I mean that's a question that I get asked uh, a lot I mean I've, I've always been asked that question um I, I, I was asked so many times that I decided to uh, make a YouTube video about it but yeah <laughs> to put a uh, long story short uh basically um I was born in London, uh, grew up in Wembley, um, and 1996, you know, Euro '96, that was like my first football memory. And I remember Mm -hmm. I lived in Wembley, um, and England Scotland was obviously the big game, um, you know, because obviously Euro '96 was based in Wembley, and uh, my first football memory was England Scotland because I remember the whole area was buzzing, you know, they were giving out, you know, the FA was giving out free uh, hats and stuff, so you know, people that lived, you know, in in, in my block of uh, area and stuff, you know, in, in the block of flats that I lived at the time. And it was just an amazing sort of atmosphere. I remember watching the England-Scotland game live on TV, um, yeah. seeing Gazza's amazing goal, amazing celebration. And that was the first time that I, you know, thought about football and, you know, really, really enjoyed seeing that. And then, obviously, there's no local team, you know, near Wembley. Um, so everyone that I know often supported Arsenal or Man United or Liverpool, uh, a few Tottenham fans as well. But me... I started from, you know, sort of zilch. And I remember the first uh, day of the Premier League season, 96-97 season, the first game was, um, you know, uh, Middlesbrough against Liverpool. I mean, and that, I don't know, I remember seeing all the the, the results, watching matches there. you know, all the results. And that yeah. result, that result just stood out for me. And it mm-hmm. was, you know, 3-3, you know, uh, Ravinelli hat-trick. And I just thought to myself, Middlesbrough, you know, yeah. and literally it's, it's strange because it's like I wasn't even at the game. I didn't know any of the players, but I just remember seeing it, seeing the highlights, seeing Ravinelli scoring a hat trick, you know, seeing Middlesbrough drawing 3-3, I just thought to myself, wow. And literally from that moment, I started following the team and um, yeah, it literally, you know, started from there. And, yeah. you know, the next few seasons, I was obviously watching the, uh, uh, the, 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 the club. I didn't go to any games. I think my first game was 2003 2004 season. Okay. Uh, it was Tottenham away. Um, it oh, was wow. not the most enjoyable game. I mean, it was nil nil. So I, <laughs> I have very limited memory from it. It was so so cool. Uh, but we drew that game nil nil, and from then I often, you know, I went to, you know, uh, London games. Um, you know, just London games. A few London games here and there. Um, but it's only, I'd say, the last three or four seasons where I've been going to more games, you know, out of London, uh, away yes. games, you know, that travel, like, significant travel, so taking, like, uh, a proper train ride from London out of London yeah. um, and whatnot, you know, going to the Riverside as well. So it's the last sort of three years, but obviously, um, you know, I've just fallen in love with the club and it's just, yes, yeah, it's... it's I mean, this you know the, the last, like I said, last
1: three or four seasons is when I've really started to watch uh, lots and lots of games. Yeah, no, it is really interesting that you, yeah, from from nineteen ninety six, you started following the club and then you moved on and you obviously you you followed the club full time now and you've got home and away. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting because um, even though. I was still very young in the like ninety six, ninety seven yeah. era, but we had all these amazing players coming through we playing for us like Janino, yes. Ravenelli, Emerson. Yeah. Emerson, uh,
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: You had Ziga for the season, I, know, if, I know he's yeah. a bit later on, but um it got to a point where Middlesbrough was pretty much everyone's second club. It, it that's what it, that's what it felt yeah. like and that's what my dad always says to me as well. He said that said throughout those like three to four years, Middlesbrough has had those amazing players and they played some excellent football and God knows how he got yeah. relegated with that team I don't know we did get deducted points but just like yeah. when you think of that team and what it could have been and where we could have yeah. went with it it only makes me a little bit disappointed just to see how good how good we could have like ended up I mean and, well,
0: unreal yeah it's so true I mean you know well, absolutely unreal and uh Interesting because obviously, you know, offensively we were just unbelievable. We had, mm. you know, like you said, Ravinelli, we had Juninho, we had Emerson, players that could easily at that time, I genuinely believe, could have easily played the top six, top seven yeah. teams in the Premier League and, and played regularly week in, mm. week out. That were that good, but yeah. for whatever reason, defensively, we weren't as strong, we weren't, you know, conceding you know, silly goals. And it was the, almost the polar opposite of last season in, in the Premier League. I mean, defensively, we were outstanding, certainly for yeah. the first half of the season. Second half of the season, it went a bit downhill. When um, Brad Guzman and Goldman, I'm yeah. sure we can talk about all of that later on. But um, by the moment, you know, uh, l- you know, last season defensively was really, really good. But we lacked something offensively. But obviously, '97, you know, '96, '97 season in particular, it was like we had all the, you know, array of attacking talent, but defensively we weren't as strong as you know we could have been. And ultimately, that's what cost us. And you, you, you know, you need to be good defensively and offensively. But unfortunately, as good as we were offensively, we weren't quite good enough defensively. And Ultimately we went down and went to the FA Cup final, you know, League Cup final, and you know we had some big results against some big teams as well. Yeah. And that, that, that's the thing about Middlesbrough, you know, we we were always a good a good cup team. We'd always go to like quarterfinals, semi-finals, uh, you know. We'd always beat the big teams. A fantastic record against likes Man United, mm-hmm. Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool. We'd always, you know, have a good you know record against them. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, we, we, we weren't consistent enough at times. So yeah.
1: No, I I, I agree. It's like the the sin of like typical borough always comes to mind, mm. and i know, It's like an a big sin um, that Middlesbrough will always bring you up to knock you down. And I think it, it's pretty much every walks of life that like it does happen to you as well. Um, but I think mm. I I don't know about you, but I probably couldn't support a different club like a Man United or a Chelsea or a oh, Tottenham, Man City and well, Man City now obviously with all the money they have. But um, of course, yeah. It's just, like, I feel like I, it's all, I only feel normal if I watch Millsburg get beat. Like, I couldn't watch us win every week. I know it's... it's 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 no, It's, 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 it's no, funny saying I that. that. I totally agree, yeah. It's funny saying that, but I've got, I've grown up to, like, watch a team from, like, the likes of Ravanelli to mm. seeing Curtis Mayne up front and then going and then seeing... Chris Killen, yeah. Chris Killen, mean, yeah. like, Lee Miller, oh, that kind of, like... Lee Miller, of that, course,
0: yes, yes, That yes, kind yes. of, like... We've, we've had, yeah... <laughs> Lots of different sort of but that's, that's what supporting the club's about. You know, for good times or bad times, you know, I'm not going to support the club just because we have, you know, Janino, Rabbanelli, you know, all the big main players, you know, later on Yakubu, Hasselbank, Bank, Fazuka, whatever. You know, whether we have those players, whether we have Lee whether we have Curtis Main, Chris Killen, doesn't matter. I will support the team and I'll continue to support the team. And even if there's a particular player that I don't particularly rate, I'll still want them to do well. You know, I think often, you know, which is understandable. You know, a lot of fans often they'll say, "Oh, why is this player playing? He's not good enough. Yeah. You know, he's rubbish or whatever." And that negativity doesn't help. You know, often. and it sounds stupid, but it's, you know, giving them a little bit of extra support can help. It can make a difference to mm. their performances. You know, I know the professional footballers they earn a lot of money, but if you go to a game saying, "Oh, this player's rubbish. Why is he playing?" Does that actually help him? Yeah. I mean, personally, I don't think it does. That's why I try to be as positive as possible. You know, give you know uh, whoever it is, you know, give them you know encouragement. I, I, I mean, I, I'd hate booing. You know, I think booing's absolute last resort. I mean, I'm not going to say I've never booed because at the end mm. of some games, I especially last season, there were a few games where I did boo. But I yeah. think on the whole, it's about trying to promote, be as positive as possible, and try support because yeah. ultimately that's what we are. We are supporters. We support the team, whether it's good moments, bad moments. That's what we do: support the team.
1: Yeah. No. I I'm, I actually a hundred percent agree with you and. With with that in mind, and I know you mentioned that you 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 do, be I think venting your frustrations at times is sometimes the right thing to do. Um, but I, I, but it's also the aspect of if I'm paying thirty pound to watch us play. I kind of want us to give us a bit of effort back in in that in that response. So that's the way I kind of stand with it. If if the team are getting beat four or five nil at half time, then. Oh, I
0: agree. Yes. No.
1: Course, 100% course, yeah. agree. I totally
0: understand. Yeah, I think there's a time and a place. You know, obviously last season there was a few results that stick. Hmm. You know, to, to my memory, i.e. Bournemouth away. You know, yeah. we, we, we ended up losing that game four nil and went down to ten men, and it was just a shocking because it was Bournemouth. You know, yeah. it wasn't. Man United away at Arsenal, it was Bournemouth. You know, no mm. disrespect to Bournemouth, Bournemouth good team, but are they four nil better than us? No, I mean, if we lost one nil and we gave everything, you could say fair enough. At least we tried our best. You know, Bournemouth, you know, try, you know, they're you know trying to get to an established Premier League side, but we lost four nil away to Bournemouth, and yeah. I booed at the final whistle because it just wasn't good enough. The players weren't good enough. I didn't think Steve Agnew, his decision making was good enough. You know, we went down to ten men. He was bringing on, you know, a few defensive players and. It was just the whole, you know, the players weren't good enough, the coaching team weren't good enough, it was just poor all, all round. Then, yeah, I'll, I'll do at the end of the, the, mm. the game. But I think there's some times where it, the booing at half time, I sometimes don't get that. You know, if we're not yeah. winning at half time, i.e., I remember Barnes and away this season, yeah, you know, I think was, uh... 2 1 down or something. Yeah. And the majority, you know, we had like nearly 5,000 fans there. I think the majority of fans were booing. Yeah, I totally get them. A lot of fans obviously spent mm-hmm. a lot of money and a lot of time to get there. Booing the team at half time. Does that help the team? They're going into mm. half time. I'm sure they know they played, you know, pathetic. I'm sure you know they know it wasn't good enough. But does it actually help the team? You know, all that booing yeah. personally, I don't think it does. Um, but like I said, there's a time and a place. Full time. If you ended up losing the game four nil away at Barnsley or something, and you know there was
1: no, yeah. no
0: commitment, no effort, whatever, then yes, boo at full time. But at half time. Me that that's just not for me. That, but that's just me yeah. personally. But then again, we're, we're all entitled to our opinion. And if someone you know Buddha,
1: can, you know they're, they're, they're entitled to. Mm. It football's just a completely an opinionated game. I know. Mm-hmm. Even on this on the last podcast that uh, I recorded, I said, well. Um, I I think Millsborough should play with British Sombra longer up top rather than Bamford. Obviously, bearing in mind, Bamford wasn't confirmed out yet. We actually we released an infographic of just saying what I said and I got absolutely slated for it. But then when he scored... At Derby, it, I got like yeah. there was no one speaking. Then I was like, oh, "Well, of it's course. just an opinion." Well, it's
0: a game of opinions, yeah. It's I mean, cause completely. Even with me, you know, I personally think Son is our best striker. Mm. A lot of people have, you know, disagreed with me. I, th- I think, you know, with everyone fit, he's our best striker. Yeah. You know, and even with Adama Triori, i I've always defended Adama Traoré. You mm-hmm. know, um, and I've I've continued to defend him even when he was going through moments where people were criticizing him like crazy. I always, I mean, he's the one player that I. Always defended I, You know, i have never even when he was going through bad moments. I'd always uh, defend him and whatever. And I'm honestly so pleased to see what he's achieving because he's showing that he does have end product. And I've always said, give him a run in the team mm-hmm. because before Pulis came in, the longest run yeah. in the team that he had was about five games in a row.
1: Yeah, and was. that was yeah. like
0: eighteen months ago. But how can a player prove any consistency or provide any consistency if they're only playing? two games here and there they need to be given a run in the side not half an hour off the bench ten minutes off the bench or they start a game drop for the next game they need a run of you know of of games and British Sun is the exact same Mm. you saw how he was like first half of the season when he was playing week in week out he got 12 goals you know 12 goals which is very good if he considered that in the second half of the season you know who who knows would he have scored more goals than you know you know uh, Bantam's doing at the moment it's difficult to say obviously He's obviously not a purist kind of striker, but mm-hmm. I personally love British son longer. I think he's a fantastic striker. Like I said, I think he's not our best striker. Yeah, But Bamford's also a fantastic striker as well. But it's a game of opinions. You know, if someone says that they think is the best striker, you know, they're entitled to it, you know. That's fine. some people think Rudy Ru- Ru- Just says our best striker. I mean, you know, Tony mm. Pinnis he's our manager. He believes, yeah. you know, judging by you know his team selection, he believes Rudy says our best striker. Do no. I believe he's our best striker? Probably not, no, but I still think <laughs> Rudy Just stands a good option to have in the team and the good options to
1: have in the squad yeah. but it's a game of opinions and that's why we love football yeah that, that's it and it like like touching on that as well with like obviously having a back and you've got Britt and you've got Bamford mm. you've got three different type of strikers there who, who can alternatively well change the game well on a sixpence really they, they have the ability to change it um, and People, I did a poll before uh, this podcast anyway, and there was we got one thousand two hundred eighty six votes. Um, and the results and those results were this: so um, Bamford had twenty nine percent of the votes. Should start up front. Yeah. Um, Britasombalanga was thirty. Um, so okay. he he beat Bamford, and and then at well at the end was both um, at a forty one percent that like just won the vote. So in terms of that. Yeah. How would you? How would you set this Mills side up? Would you put the two up front, or would you just stick with a Longa up front by himself? In more like...
0: yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's you have to stick with a winning team. You know, mm. um has got a big decision, you know, to make because obviously Bamford's been on form for the last, you know, couple of months or so. He's been fantastic, but Asamba yeah. played, I thought, very well. He was one of our top, you know, top five performers on Saturday he was. Yeah. He looked like the, the British number longer from the start of the season. You know, he was bullying their defenders. Yeah. He got his goal, which was great. You know, he, he created space for everyone. You know, personally, would I change a whole formation at this stage of the season? No, I wouldn't. Yeah. It's, I mean, this, this is why Pulis gets paid the money. I would hate to make that choice. You know, yeah. I honestly would, because Bamford would consider himself very unlucky to find himself dropped. Same with British under longer, He would find himself incredibly unlucky to be dropped. Yeah. But would I change the formation to accommodate both players? Probably not, because mm-hmm. it seems to be working. I think the fact that we've got Clayton, Howson and Bessage, those three in the middle of the park, that's working yeah. at the moment. Obviously, at half-time or well, you know second half, if, if it's not working, then you can change it, you can bring someone on. But I think it purely depends on what Tony Pulis sees as the best option, whether it's Bamford, whether it's Britt. But, yeah, I mean, I would hate to make that decision. You know, I mean... It sounds like I'm sitting on the fence at the moment, but I mean, I think you'd have to play one of them. I wouldn't play both of them,
1: no, you know, really. at this
0: stage of the season, especially a game against Millwall. I mean, if we play, if we beat Millwall and we're guaranteed fifth spot, and we've got Ipswich uh, last game of the season, then I might think about, you know, you know, trialing out, you know, maybe you know, Bamford and Britt together, or you know, if 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 if, if we've got you know this place guaranteed them mm-hmm. in. Mean, I, I don't know if, if that's going to be possible. If, you know, uh, if that's going to be, you know, yeah. but we'll, we'll see. You know, but we've got to get into the playoffs in momentum and, and, and having a, a formation and a, of a group of players that know what they're doing. That was one of Gary Monk's, you know, criticisms. He didn't yeah. quite know his best eleven. Tony Pulis, everyone knows what his best eleven is. Even after Sheffield United away, so many people say we have to make changes. We have to make changes. Fabio should have started, and you know, Harrison maybe should have started. Britt... The only change he made was you know Clayton came in for Ledbetter who was obviously suspended yeah. and that frustrated a lot of people but what happens against Bristol we we, we go and 2-1 and then you know Pulis made a great decision. That's yeah. what football's about it's, 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 you know I, I would hate to be a, a, a manager yeah. because it's like no matter what decision you make you will be criticized. Um, so it's, it's it's a tough tough decision for, for Tony
1: yeah, um, I think as a, as a manager's perspective, and I'm not the same manager like coaching from youth squad. some from my experience, it it always is difficult to to leave a player out who you think will impact the game. But one player isn't gonna change the other ten on the pitch. Um, I feel like oh, cool it, it's it's it, it's entirely dependent on a game and on who you're playing as well. Um, but yeah. I think the only criticism of this season for Gary Monk and I was highly cri- critical of him towards the end. And it was, the fact that he just kept rotating different formations and rotating the team, let me, sorry, let me. and he never really had, like, more of like, his, he didn't get his foot down on the training pitch either, and it just mm. and it just seemed that like the players weren't were just, just blatantly confused on how to play, uh, his style of play. Um, so mm. I mean, no, those we're changing you know team every
0: week, and it was it wasn't just the team, it was formation, it was. You know, players as soon as they you know had a bit of run of form going, they got I mean, It was a really confusing time for, 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 for the club. Yeah. But Tony's coming; he's, he's, he's doing well, and you know, fair play.
1: Yeah, I think there's there's a there's a difference in in, in a type of manager. I think um, with like the ta- likes of I'm gonna this is this this will explain it probably a bit better, but um, like the likes of Gary Monk and, and Steve Agnew, um, the yeah. both. From Steve Agnew is actually an exceptional coach on the training ground. He's he's very, yeah, very good yeah. at what he does and so is mm. Gary Monk and I'm sure him and Pep Clot- uh, Clotet will do very well at Birmingham. But yeah. there's a difference between a head coach and a manager and I think with Tony Pierce he knows exactly what to do with the experience that he has to get the best in a match day situation. Um mm. so maybe trainer might be a bit could potentially be a bit more relaxed under under Tony Pulis but with that in mind he knows exactly how to well pers- well get a, the right mindset for the players um, for the game ahead and I think that's what the, all the experienced managers do and you'll like, see like the likes of Pep and jo- Jose Mourinho they know how to win in those in those match day scenarios whilst maybe like Gary Monk hasn't really learned that yet I know he's, he's very very good at developing young players but maybe in terms of Winning a football match and winning it in style is going to take a couple of years to establish himself as a coach, but now in football, you don't really get those couple of years to, to stamp your authority and start to grind out results. It's very much a, a quick win, well, yeah. fixed now. Um, no, it's true. Yeah, I no, totally agree. With
0: I, 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 I personally, I, I actually like Gary Monk. A lot of fans didn't. I mean, I quite like, I can see what he's trying to do. I think what he's trying to do, perhaps, is he's trying to probably make change too much too soon. Yeah. Obviously, he came in, he, he made massive changes. He he, 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 he tried to bring a, a lot of a, a different calibre of players. And you know, if you look at the the, the the players he's bringing in, a lot of them were young, hungry players. You know, yes. Tony Pulis has come in, and he's more or less brought in players with experience. The likes of Etich. he's got experience. You know, Martin Crane, he we trusted a lot. He's no. got you know a lot of experience at, at this level. And he's known to play players that have you know, plenty of, 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 of experience. I suppose the biggest mistake that maybe Gary Monk made, one, one probably not having an experienced assistant manager, um, and perhaps two, probably making um, too much changes too soon. Um, and Because, you know, we, we, we've, we've got a core cool group of players, the likes of George French, Adam Clayton, Ben Gibson, who are massive, massive mm-hmm. you know, part of the football club and Judging from you know him falling out with Adam in, Clayton, in that may have affected the dressing. Who knows? I mean, it's difficult to yeah. say. You know what went wrong. You know, by the end of it, it, it seemed like one or two you know senior players fell out with, 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 with the manager. But listen, Gary Monk's in the past. You know, yeah. um, and Pulis is obviously our manager at the moment. But yeah. I, personally I like Gary Monk, and I would have at least given him the season. But we didn't, so we have to move on.
1: Yeah, like just uh, before like we obviously move on away from Gary Monk, do you, yeah, do you think sure. do you think he underestimated the challenge that was ahead of him? Do you think he he thought it was yeah. going to be a lot easier than he anticipated yeah. anticipated it to um, be?
0: Yeah, probably. I mean, if you look at the signings that he made, um, probably he thought it would you know it, it, with the core groups of players that he had, you know, and then spending fifty odd million, it was automatically mean we're, we're going to get you know promoted, We're, we're going to automatically start scoring goals. That obviously didn't work out for whatever reason, um, and it's—I it's, mean—it's really difficult. So they were just carrying on because it just—just didn't work, you know, whatever, just didn't work. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's—it's it's, yeah, it's, it's difficult to to, to, to to say to be fair, but yeah, um, but yeah.
1: No, it's—it's it's a broad question. I think mm. Um you can either say yeah, you, you, but you can also say yes or no um in terms of. To the over and un, underestimate because I think I think he I personally think he did I think I thought he he, he would bounce up quite quickly but he realised how difficult a championship can be with Leeds of course but he thought maybe I have a better squad now it'll be we'll just get promoted and it'll be all all, all nice yeah. but it's never it's never really materialised so but let's move For on to sure. this more like this season this sort yeah. of, how do you how do you feel like this this season's actually went in, in general? I know we have like two games left, which could probably define this season. Um, yeah. But how do you think this season's actually went so far? And is there anything that you would change? Um, maybe in personnel, or would or would you change or would change in general? How so? How do you think the seasons went, and would you change anything?
0: Um, well, obviously, this season has been a massive uh, achievement. Um, I think even if we get promoted, would we would it, would it be a successful season? It's obviously, we've <laughs> achieved our goal of promotion, but in terms of results over the course of the season, I know it's going to sound ridiculous, no, um, that's but I mean, if, if, yeah. if we finish fifth, um, would that be considered failure, considering what we uh, did over the summer? Probably, because we spent a lot of money and they probably expected us to be a lot better position than, yeah. than, 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 than we've been. But then at the same time, if we get promoted... That's all that matters, surely. Yeah. So it's it's, it's it's a difficult one to sort of say, but if you look at, if, if, if the season ended now, you know, uh, then you'd say, no, we haven't achieved anywhere near what we expected. We expected to, you know, be top two minimum. Yeah. Lowest we expected was second, or, you know, um, or at least just, just about, you know, just about finished, just behind sort of second. We expected a bit more fight, but for whatever reason, it just never happened. And, um, but in terms of changes that I would have made, I mean, it's, Obviously, it's all hindsight, isn't it? It's easy to say, you know, we could have done this, we could have done that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, recruitment side, you know, some of the findings obviously haven't worked out as well as it would have liked. Um, But um, I'm perhaps a bit more experienced. But, yeah, I mean, the team hasn't been as successful as we would have liked, that's for sure.
1: No, I think it was an interesting point when you mentioned um, if we finished fifth and got promoted. Has it been successful or not? Um, I think what we expected um, I thought at the start of the season we expect to be number one I think yeah. you know I think how well, am I I'm going to position this um, I think we expected to do a Wolves just to absolutely walk the league and you know we yes we brought in a few players but I, th- I think we expected just to just to piss the whole league and get promoted quite quickly like, like Wolves have done um, but it's it's a funny old game, and I, I actually agree with your comment in terms of mm. in terms of if if it, yeah, it hasn't really been a successful season because no. I think even as a, like watches a fan perspective,
0: mm.
1: it feels like we haven't got out of third second or third gear all season, but yet we're still in this position that we're already in. Um it's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, because to be honest, do we
0: deserve to be fifth? No, we don't. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. We don't. You know, considering the season that we've had. The only reason why we are fifth is because teams aren't as good as um, as we thought they would be, or you know, teams in the championship aren't as good as 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 yes. as, as, um, as maybe they, think that they, they could be. Or the four teams than us. That's the only reason why we're fifth. You know, because realistically, we should be you know mid-table based on the season that we've had, based on the defeats that yeah. we've had, based on the, the draws that we've had, the results. But mm. we're fifth, so by a pure miracle we're fifth, which is amazing to think. But we could still get promoted, so that's incredible. But yes. I just hope that if we do get promoted, that we don't, you know, uh, kind of ignore the fact that it's been a very lucky season. Yeah. You know, because it has been. Let's be honest. Let's be realistic. It's been a very lucky season, and I hope it doesn't take over the cracks. Because it's easy to say, oh, we got promoted, and you know, there's a big hoopla and everyone celebrating. Mm. But let's look at the bigger picture. We still need changes, even if we get promoted. We still need to make changes. Um, and. Fundamental changes. I yeah. don't think one or two you know, changes. I think fundamental changes. And I think judging by Tony Pulis' interview and stuff, I think he knows that. He realised that. And um, he came in, first thing he did is he, he trimmed down the squad because it was far too big. You know, um, obviously now it's, it's a bit smaller. It's, it's, he's, he's working with what he's got. But, um, but yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, I mean, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Wherever we finish, we finish. And uh, yeah. ultimately, that's where we deserve. But do we deserve to be fifth? Honestly,
1: so. no. I I don't I think it's it's spot on um with with that comment, and I I don't know if this is more of a controversial comment, but I think if we did go up this season, I think it could be probably a big mistake um in just in, so, yeah. in terms of we we've got promoted, we're back in the big time. Yes, all this money comes back, but does well is the the actual core team still happy or? do what changes do we actually need to make? Do we need hmm. to rip it up and start all over again? But it's gonna be difficult in the Premier League. Um I would rather us just stay down for one more season and, and then go up next year with obviously with like a certain well, style and, and certain players coming through. I'd rather us do that than do it this year, but I'm not gonna complain no, if we get promoted though. No, it's
0: true. I mean I suppose there's an element of risk. It's easy to say, oh yeah don't worry, we won't get promoted this season. We'll get promoted next season. Yeah. Well, actually, we have to still play forty-six games next season and win. You know, the majority of games. Mm. You know, it's not going to just say, oh, you know, we'll we'll have a summer of change and whatever, and we're going to. win. It's, that's not guaranteed. It's yeah. we still need to work hard. We still need to get results. We're still need to win football matches. So, personally, would I take promotion uh, this season? Of course, I would, because it means yeah. success. You know, it, you know, and, yeah. and it gives us a chance. If, if we by a few more Mo you know, yeah. a few more players of Mo Besichs, you know, quality. Yeah. I don't want us to buy players that are not going to improve us or players that are as good as the players we've got. We need to buy players who are better. You know, yeah. Mo Vessic was much better than the players that we had in his position. Mm-hmm. That's what we need to do in, you know, everyone else in the team. If we're going to get promoted, we need to buy players that have than what we've got. Yeah. And I believe Tony Fulis can, 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 can do that, 100%. So, I honestly hope we do get promoted because it will mean that, you know, we're, we're, we're in the Premier League, we're, we're going to be against the, you know, the best teams, and we'll be able to attract far, far better players. And also, yeah. it increases our chances of keeping Adama Traore, who, for yeah. me, is... I mean, I can't even describe how good he is because he's honestly fantastic, fantastic player and he's probably, I know it's going to sound stupid, I actually think he's underrated I genuinely do, a lot of people might say oh he's he's, he's, he's a bit, I actually think he's underrated, because a lot, you know, even last season when people said no end product, or a few months a few months ago, Mm. no end product no end
1: product,
0: actually he's showing what he can do with a, a run of games and a belief that, you know he's got Ryan Shotton behind him at right back yeah. you know that helps him massively it doesn't, he won't do well if he's got Ensui behind him or Christie or you know players that are attacking full backs you know if he has someone who's a, a good defensive you know uh, player behind him that helps him massively you know, I, you know I genuinely think he is underrated but that may be controversial to some people and they say well he's, he's probably a bit overrated or some people might say he's rated at the level that he has personally I think he is extremely extremely underrated and I genuinely hope we do everything that we can to keep him. Because it's not even just about his ability as a player. Also, his attitude, you know. I've met him a few times. I've been yeah. lucky to meet him after the match and stuff. And you can just see he's just a grounded individual. He honestly is, you know. I, 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 I'd expect him to, you know, because he started at Barcelona, I, 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 I'd expect him to just go straight onto the team coach or he does not have time to talk to the fans or whatever. But every match, he signs quite a autographs for everyone. poses for selfies with everyone. And he's just—he has time for literally everyone, you know. He's happy to to have a laugh and a joke with with with, with all fans, and he's a genuinely, genuinely nice guy. And he seems to work hard. He seems to have the right work ethic, you know. Mm. For someone to work—I mean, look at Martin Branker. He left, and you know, was saying, "Oh, I'll be playing, you know, as a defender under Tony Pulis." Yeah. Did you know Adama Traore say that? No, he didn't. Adana Traore could have easily said, "Oh, I, I can't play under this manager." He didn't. he's proven an attacking player can play under this manager and Tony Phillips absolutely adores him you know he's he's played I think every game under Tony Phillips I mean the first game I think Aston Villa came off the bench since then he's died every single game that shows you how much the manager rates him so I'm I'm
1: going on and on about
0: it but honestly he's an unbelievable player
1: I think it's just because I know you mentioned that he's underrated but it's just because he's so so young it's like he is he's
0: 22 people forget that
1: it's it's I think it's ridiculous of like the, the age and that built he how built he is and and just the, the actual raw talent that he has and I think it, it, of course he's going to change and develop into a more mature footballer and he'll learn how to deal with his speed as he gets older and the more games he plays as well getting the, running the team. Um, I think when you mentioned there he's got Ryan Shawne behind him I think that does help and That's but. A big, yeah. What I could see in in the future with Dama Traore is that him becoming more of a central figure and um, more in a, in a central position. Um, I think that way it, pr- it protects him a little bit more um, in terms of like defending duties, but it also makes him a bigger threat going forward. I think there's, I know, is a massive exaggeration, and it's probably nowhere near like him. But Thierry Henry started off as a winger. Um, couldn't really defend as a couldn't really defend at all under Arsene Wenger and so mm. he decided to put him in a more of a central position, and then the rest, and his, mm. and the rest was history. No, it's true,
0: it's true. But you know, I suppose what players as well nowadays uh, with the four two three one formation, they have to learn to be adaptable in, in all yeah. positions. So I think if Adama, I suppose what he needs to learn to maybe do at the moment is probably learn to play as a right winger, but also as left winger as well, also as yeah. number ten to be able to interchange. That's and it.
1: I think if
0: you look at the very best teams they have players who they they might start in one position but end the match in a different position. Or, you know, 10 minutes later, be in a different position. But if you have players who can interchange, I think it makes a huge, huge difference. And and it gives you a different, you know, attacking outlook. You know, so that's something that he probably needs to learn to sort of adapt because his most best, you know, his his best performances have been, you know, maybe on the right or sometimes through the middle. But Mm. when he's on the left, he's not as effective as he could be. You know, but Mm. he's he's, he's learning and he's 22. And if, if he was more established than he is at the moment... He would not be at Middlesbrough. Of course, he has his, you know, his, 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 um, his, uh, his, his negatives. But if he had, if he didn't have these negatives, he wouldn't be at us. He'd, he'd be at a far, far bigger club. But in fact, he's got these negatives. It's the reason why he's with us. So yeah. we have to appreciate what, what you know how good he is, and hopefully, he, you know, eventually does have a big move to a big club because it's, it's going to happen sooner or later. I personally yeah. hope not now. Personally, I hope he stays for one more year. I hope he leaves summer of 2019. I still think one more year, one more season of having. Adama
1: Traore will
0: be massive for us yeah. but, um, but think, we'll
1: see I mean I think he I will think we'll, we'll see what happens yeah. at the end of the season I think, I think he will I think it just, he's, at a, he's at a moment in his career where he's under an experienced manager and Tony Pulis and yes. Pulis will be saying to him all the time you, you, you need to be playing these games and you need to change this if he went, I think if he went to a big club, um, it might have that a little bit more of like a say Luke Shaw for example. Um, Luke Shaw yeah. is obviously tipped as like the, one of the best left backs in the country, potentially the world. Mourinho waste, just lu- wastes him, um, and I think you just don't want that to happen to him at the age that he's at. Um, I think if if I was his agent or his coach, I'd be saying look, the, you should be staying. We're in this team? Your fans, the fans love you. The coach loves you. You're developing your skills, applying your craft, and that and the money will come. The money, the money's always going to come. I think he's never, yeah. you know, and he's, he's, it's he's,
0: difficult. Yeah, it's difficult. It's it. difficult. Footballer's career, it's short career. Yeah. Even though he's, he's cause, I mean, look at someone like Michael Lowe, You know, he was amazing at such a young age, and mm-hmm. you know, he got a bad injury, and then his pace went. If, 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 if you know the same could happen to Adama, who knows? I mean, obviously 22, you may think he's got another however many years. But this might, I mean, who knows? This could be the peak of his career, you know. Honestly, nobody actually yeah. knows. And I wouldn't begrudge him if he did move on this summer. Because yeah. I would understand he wants to better his career and he wants to. But I'd just be absolutely gutted if he did leave. Yeah. But personally, would I, would I begrudge him? No, I wouldn't. I would, I would wish him the very best of luck. And um just be grateful for the fact that he was able to, you know,
1: uh play for, the, for us. Honestly, just the fact that we were able to have a player as good as him, I would be, you know, forever forever happy with him. Yeah, no, I agree. Um be I I'll probably move on to more like Millwall now, um and just yeah. in terms of like their game I know they have just been relentless um this since January really. Um yeah. do you see it as a potential, but well, uh, it's not really a potential banana skin. But they're playing so well at the minute. Are you slightly nervous for the game on Saturday? And well, who who would you who would you start in that team? Yeah, I'm very
0: nervous. I mean, obviously Millwall. Are, I mean, you've got to give them credit. They are where they are, and I think you know, no matter to be honest, if we get promoted, like, let's say like this, if we get promoted, and you know, Millwall finish seventh, yeah. Millwall would have had a better season than Middlesbrough Football Club. Simple, because. No one expected Millwall to be doing as well as they are, yeah. but people expected Millwall to be doing far, far better than they are doing. So even if we do get promoted, you know, in the playoffs or whatever, and Millwall end up seventh or eighth or even ninth, mm. I genuinely believe Millwall would have had a better season than Middlesbrough. And you know, that 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 might sound a little bit of an exaggeration because we achieved promotion. I'm not underestimating how amazing it would be to get promoted, but I'm just looking at the bigger picture. Yeah. I'm not looking at them. The, the, the matter of fact that we've got Kermode. I'm looking at the bigger picture the, the, the whole course of the season but to answer your question about Mill, it's going to be a tough game of course it is they play a very direct style of football mm-hmm. and I think we struggle against teams who play that kind of style of football Adama Traore is he's, he's, he's going to ha- have to have a cool head because they're going to target him yeah. they're going to target him and he needs to just let his football do the talking and that's another you know thing that he probably needs to learn to do learn uh, deal with having two or three players kicking him because he is going to be kicked. He's going to be kicked. He's going to be scratched. Probably going to be bitten in the game. But he needs to learn to deal with all of that. Yeah. And I hope that he does learn to sort of deal with it because he's a good, good, you know, an outlet. Good, good player, and that's what he needs to learn. To do. I'm sure he will be able to. Hundred percent.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think he learned a lot from that sending off against Aston Villa earlier on in the season.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I think from there, he's just so, light bulbs just went off in his head. And he's just become a lot more of a consistent footballer, and he's you know there's there's so many times where you watch him and you think, God, I would I would probably went up and try, like punch someone if if they're like snap me like someone has, um but he's just very cool and he knows that it's gonna happen, so I think I wouldn't have to worry about that. Um, but in terms of I think of how we're gonna play and how we should approach the game. We should definitely take it on the front foot like we have been the last couple of games, and try to score in that type of form. And, you know, if we get that first goal, they're gonna—they're not gonna be like any other team. They're gonna come at us again because it's kind of just like a—it's like a cup game. This game, really, for me, I think you know whoever wins is kind of guaranteed more or less a playoff spot. So it's just—it's more or less like a shootout. So. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, it's a, it's a massive game. I mean, we have you know, let's be honest, we have to get something from the game. We have to win. Um, you know, it's going to be difficult, but if we focus on what we're good at and if we have a fast start, like you said, let's let's start quick. You know, I, I, let's start quick. Because to be honest, if they get an early goal, I don't think Liverpool's going to be like Bristol City because I think they'll be able to defend their 1 0 lead. Hmm. And, you know, we, but if we start, if we could show what we're good at, if we show, you know, the Bessic and Howson and you know, Clayton and, you know... If we win that middle-of-the-park battle, yeah. I think we'll win the game. I think... Because that's so important right now, the way that we play. And if it's not working, second up, we can bring on the likes of Harrison or, you know, Bamford or Britt, whoever's on the bench, you know, bring on yeah. players who can change it. But we have to start the game. First start, let's be positive. Let's try... get You know, because the, the atmosphere is going to be working. So, first and foremost, I've, I've no doubt in my mind, the fans are going to make it an amazing atmosphere. It's now down to the players... To you know, uh, to, 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 to,
1: to, 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 to deliver, because yeah. the fans are going to deliver. Now the players need to deliver. Simple, yeah. and I'm confident that we will be able to do that. Yeah, I think that, that, that's it. I, I'm, I'm confident as well going into Saturday's game. But um, for, for me, and I say this quite a lot in these podcasts, I know I mentioned it, but that first goal being vital. But I think in this case, it's more or less that first tackle, that first five minutes, where if you put a big, if you put a big challenge in. Um, you get the foul up, crowd up on their feet. You know, you get people into the game. Um, I think that first tackle really, really sets the tone as well. So,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: think if if I was Clayton or Bezic in, in, in this game, I'd be thinking the first five minutes, you know what, I'm going to look for their best player and show them where I'm at. I'm, I'm here, I'm in the game, I'm getting to know you. I'm just going to, I'm just going to snap your first half. So, what if you take a buck in early on, you, we can change it. But I think that that first challenge will set the set the tone of the game, and if we get that, no, and if if we get if we get that first goal, Yusuf, I think we'll kick on and win it as well. I think we'll win quite comfortably. Um, I
0: agree, and, you know, at the same time, we also need a strong referee because obviously uh, it's going to be difficult. You know, uh, it, it's it's going to be that kind of game where both teams want to win so badly to achieve promotion. There can be a lot of ta- challenges flying in, but if we have you know a referee who makes the uh, a, a, a ridiculous decision for either side. They may send up a, a, a player for for their first, you know, bad sort of tackle, or, or not send up a player when it was a, a sending off. That can also affect the game. But yeah. at the end of the day, if we concentrate on what we're good at. Let's, I mean, let, let's see, let's
1: let's see, let's see, you know, what, what, what we'll do. Yeah, no, that that's it. I'm, I'm very interested to see how how Peula set us up. I think well, I think we're going to go with the same team that beat Derby. I think. I think Bamfield will be on the bench because um, I don't think you can drop Brit from his performance against Derby. I thought he was absolutely excellent. Uh, he was, he was, yeah. ran the line very well. He he, he <laughs> badged on the, the other defenders. Kind of showed, him, showed his, his true qualities and it was more or less like the Britt Sombolongo we've seen earlier in the season. Um, absolutely, that, yeah. In, and I saw a bit of that at
0: Burton as well when he came yeah. on after like half an hour whatever. He came on for Johnny Alston and he was, he was back to his, you know, bullying sort of sides and you know getting into space and uh, you know creating space for other sort of players and yeah. I, I know a lot of you know criticism from fans that he hasn't been consistent enough or he hasn't done you know, he hasn't scored enough goals or he misses really easy chances or he doesn't score against the big big teams but he scored against Derby and that was yeah. the winning the winning goal yeah. so I mean that's,
1: that, that, he, has, he has such a big point to prove. I mean, in my opinion, now I think with with Bamford scoring goals again, um, I know a lot of people are forgetting that Bamford went yeah. through like thirty games without scoring or something stupid exactly. like that, and and but now Bamford's starting to to score the goals. I think Brit has, Brits even has, can do two things. He can either accept that Bamford's going to get a game, or he can do the the alter of you know what? I'm going to show that I'm I'm better than you. Yes, okay, we're, we're, we're good friends, but there is one place up for grabs, and I want that position, and I want to show the fans that I am worth the price tag that I well I've, I'm I'm essentially worth the price tag that we've we've paid for him. Um, no,
0: that's fine. You know, and I think even the way that he's been performing, you know, suggests that that's the attitude that he's going to have. He wants to get back in the team, and because I remember when he was going through a bad spell. There was some criticism that was probably a little bit over the top. I remember mm. Reading at home; he missed that penalty, and there were some hmm. people who felt he missed it deliberately. And I think, no matter what, I mean, I don't think a professional footballer would ever miss. I mean, firstly, he, he, he at that stage he, 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 he had not scored uh, under Tony Pulis, yeah. so he, he'd, he'd want to score to you know to, to, to take that uh, statistic of You know, the fact that he'd never scored under Tony Pulis. Secondly, I'm sure he gets a goal bonus. I, 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 yeah. Of course, he does lots of money and, you know, that probably won't make a difference. But it's, it's, it's a nice bonus. Who, who, who would give up a goal, but, you know... Mm. And thirdly, you know, it would help to team get, a, you know, a, a big sort of lead, and I'm sure that that's what he wants. But he didn't, deli- you know, deliberately miss that penalty, which a no. lot of fans sort of felt. And just, he's, he's a happy guy, you know. He, he missed the penalty, then he had this big grin on his face. But I, I, I watch him, and he misses charge and he has a, a smile on his face. And I don't think it's because he deliberately misses it or whatever, or he's got a bad attitude. I think it's because he's just a genuinely... He's, 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 he's a bubbly character. He, he, he's a big sort of character, I and mean, sometimes people can misunderstand that for either arrogance or the fact that he doesn't care. But I think he does, and he's shown that he, he wants to, you know, continue playing for the club by his, his mm. recent
1: performances coming off, off the bench. Yeah, I think he's him in Gestede, a stereotypical Tony Pulis strikers, um, and Bumford's well, essentially not. Um, and just in my opinion, I think Bamford hasn't got like that—that that real strong appearance, or you know. But he's—he's very—he's a delight, delight to watch. Patrick Bamford at times, but he's not—he's yeah. not that stereotypical. He's a different striker. I mean, you—you you, yeah. you need to
0: have. I mean, you can't have all the strikers the same. I mean, it really no. does a certain job, which is which is important. Patrick Bamford does his job, which you need. And then of course you've got you know He does his job. So you need all your strikers to to do their jobs. And then you know, you know. So I, I don't think any of them is a particular weakness. You know, I think mm. Bantford, don't get it wrong, a fantastic, fantastic player. But you know, certain elements, Brits got to his game, which which yeah. suit certain opposition. But then there's other games where you'd need a Patrick Bamford rather than Brits on the longer. So it's, it's I mean, it's, it's all about opinions at the end of the day. But I mean, we, I think we should be happy with the fact that we've got three, in my opinion, very good Championship strikers. When they're good enough in the Premier League, that's a different, you know, t- topic of conversation.
1: Well, are those three strikers good enough to be uh, strikers in the championship? One hundred percent, yes. Yeah, no, I I agree. Uh, I, well, just I. Just pretty much agree with everything that you say. It's, it's it's actually so refreshing to have like this type of conversation with with yeah. someone. I know when I go to games sometimes, and I just hear a lot of like bizarre comments, and I just think, oh well, okay, you're entitled to your opinion, but. Like some opinions should be like just locked away because like you, you can't. Yeah. I think I think some fans expect Middlesbrough to be a Manchester City, a Manchester United.
0: Yeah, we're, I mean it's ridiculous. Yeah, I we're mean, never I, going to be that. I, I, I
1: mean, I, I, I mean, to be honest, I I
0: did a YouTube video the other day. Someone asked me, you know, where do I expect to see Middlesbrough in the next sort of five, ten years, and I said a, a, a mid-table, eleventh position, eleventh, twelfth safe mid-table that's where I expect us to be because ultimately that is where we should be aiming to be mm. obviously longer term we want to be you know, aiming to get top 6 top 7 or whatever but success for us and that's why I absolutely adored the Steve McLaren era yeah. we consistently finished a safe mid-table position 12-30 people at the end were a bit annoyed uh, but we were safe mid-table safe mid-table safe mid-table then his third season was incredible because the third season we obviously won the Carling Cup And that changed... I think it changed the history of the club massively. Because by getting... By winning the Carling Cup, it allowed us to get into Europe. And because we got into Europe, it allowed us to buy some incredible players. We brought in Badouka, we brought in Castlebank, we brought in the likes of, you know... uh, I think, you know, Zenden signed up for for, for another year as well. And we are able to get some really good, talented players. And I think that set the stone. You Mm. know, but unfortunately things happened, you know McLaren went to England Gareth Southgate was at the right time wrong time probably wrong time looking back yeah. and that contributed to our relegation Have we recovered from that relegation probably not it took so many years to get back you mm. know we had many terrible moments but obviously Gordon Strachan completely sure. ripped up our you know the, the yeah. squad that we had we had a young hungry side uh, grown team you know he brought a bunch of players from you know the Scottish division who erm um, ultimately weren't good enough. Yeah, one or two were, but ultimately weren't better than what we had. And then Tony Mowbray had virtually nothing to spend. He did an incredible job. I mean, the likes of, you know, bringing in the likes of you know, Adoma and George what incredible, incredible players. And then, of course, Aitor came in and he, 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 he continued the, the, the excellent job of Tony Mowbray and got us up. So, mm-hmm. ultimately, it, it's been a rollercoaster last week. I mean, I've gone on a complete different tangent, haven't I? But no. ultimately, it's, um, it's, it's been a roller coaster sort of years. But going back to where you're saying about, you know, expect expecting us to be, you know, a Manchester United, we're not going to be a main night ever. So hmm. Safe mid table is where we ultimately, uh, realistically, should expect to be aiming to be.
1: No, no it's just like, it's just, it's just on the money, like what you're saying. But I think. Tony Moore deserves yeah. so much respect um, for, oh, for what he's done.
0: Absolutely. I mean, um, he had zero money to spend. I mean, it was the fact that he was able to, uh, to, 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 to to not get us... I mean, I know we were top of the championship and then for the next 10 months, we have the most ridiculous run of results. I mean, we didn't even get to be top of the table at you know, New Year's Day and then end outside the third position at the end of the season any other season you'd say that was a failure yeah. but you've got to look at the bigger picture look at you know the, the, the money that he had to spend he did an incredible job you know and it would have hurt Tony because he's you know Mogga is a he, he, he believes Middlesbrough. he absolutely believes Middlesbrough. he played football the right way and I personally this may sound controversial but I would you know when when thing, uh, Gary Monk got sacked I would have taken him back honestly I would yeah, have enough. taken him back because I think it's a different time for him now you know, mm. we, we have money and whatever. I would absolutely take. because I think he's a good manager, and he deserves a lot of respect for the yeah. job that he did with us. Because um, at the end of the day, it's it's not easy to yeah. to, 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 to 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 build a team with a shoestring sh- sh- budget, and he yeah.
1: did an amazing, amazing job. I think, yeah, he absolutely spot on. Like he did do an amazing job for what he what from. He was pretty much doing it with two hands behind, tied behind his back. He yes. had he had yeah. nothing to to work with. You know, with the likes of like Curtis Maynor up top, and remember like the likes of like yeah. Forest Haroun and stuff like that. So, like, yeah, I like, actually quite like Forest Haroon, But though, I was trying. What I'm trying to say is that we have players now which are a lot technically better than what we did, but we just shown t- great determination. And I know when we had I.R. here like the other week when we we played we played Forest and he got a great reception. I think if Moga comes back, when Moga comes back, um. With any team that he has, um, I think he deserves pretty much the same, if not more, respect from the fans just for what he's done for the club throughout the years, especially with, with 86 yeah. and, six and it, management as well.
0: Of course, I mean, because even, you know, his, 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 his legacy, you know, comes back. I mean, if you look back at 98 6, I mean, I wasn't born in 98 6, and, mm. you know, uh, I was born in 1989, so it's a bit before my time, before i was even born, but. I've read, you know, of the fact, you know, his loyalty that he showed during that time, you know, you know, players like you know Peter Beagrie and whatnot that left the club at a time when we needed, you know, a bit of loyalty, whatever. But Tony Mowbray, you know, stuck with us and he did an incredible job and is such a great leader and always gave hundred percent effort, you know, judging from you know bits of bobs that I've seen, you know, a bit of footage and you know, judging by a lot of the more elderly fans that I've spoken to. Uh, that, that remember his, his 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 moments, and if he was to return, I'm sure he would get an absolutely incredible reception. You know, I Ito got an incredible reception which he deserved, and I'm sure he'd get the same. Yeah. And you know, if Steve McLaren you know returns as well, hopefully he'll, he'll, you know he'll, he'll get a good reception as well. But you've got to look at the job that you know people do, you know, um, and if if, if, if they try their best, they'll get a good reception. And you know, we're, we're a club who tends to give good receptions. I mean. Look at the last few weeks, we've had people like Nugent, you know, come back and yeah. given a good reception, to Lee Tomlin and you know, ex players, you know, when they return, tend to get a good I mean, especially if they've given their best, given their role for the club, Albert Domar, if they're given their best for the club, you know, we we will give a, you know a bit of respect back to them. You know, it works two ways. Yeah.
1: Simple as that. No, it doesn't. Uh, as I like approach my last question um to, yeah. to ask you Yusuf um, I think everything that you've said was actually spot on in terms of like the management and stuff like that and, you know, getting the like the reception they deserve and I noticed um, a bit earlier about a couple of minutes ago that you mentioned that the likes, the players that we had of like Vaduka, Hasselbank. Yeah. and yeah. so my last question really is what is your Middlesbrough all time 11 and who would manage that team?
0: That's a tough question. Obviously, uh I'll, I've been supporting the club since nineteen ninety-six, so it's uh, yeah, so, it's difficult for me to use players that were before that time because I've I've not seen them. And obviously there's people like it. Graham Souness, who is 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 regarded as one of the best players to ever play for this club, and you've got people like Bernie Slave, who's an incredible goal scoring record. Yeah. But would it be fair for me to pick them when I've never seen them play? No. So I mean I'm gonna upset a few so, of the more, you know, older fans who <laughs> I've remembered, you know, these players because
1: they're absolute legends. But I've not seen them, so I, it's difficult for me to pick them. So let's, so so I'll, let's I'll, do I'll your say that first So let's do like from when you've like seen the club. So like from me, know I mentioned yeah. like early, uh, start of the podcast when you said like the likes of Ravinelli that season of like yeah. ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah. Um yeah. So let's do it from let's do it from there. Let let's see what you can you can put together. <laughs>
0: Sure, no problem,
1: go for it, so, uh, so shall I start from uh, in, in goal? Yeah,
0: yeah, start from in goal. Oh, right, in goal, for me, this, it's, it's a no-brainer, it's Mark Schwartz stuff, I mean, uh, just looking at his, his longevity at the club, the fact that he spent, you know, over 10 years at the club, so many appearances, I know towards the end of his time he was making a few errors and there's a time where he got dropped, I think, you know, towards the end of you know McLaren's time, and, um, but for me, he was unbelievable, you know. To be honest, if you look at a goalkeeper like Victor Valdez, was Victor Valdez a better goalkeeper than Mark Schwartzer? Yes. yes. <laughs> but I would put Mark Schwartzer as my number one. I, mean, it's, I know it's stupid because it's picking the best 11, but I'd pick Mark Schwartzer purely for his longevity, the job that he did over the course of his you know 11 years. Um, and so, yeah, for me, Mark is in goal. Um, right back, I mean, we've had a few right backs, a few not so good right backs over the years. I mean, that's probably the most difficult position I'd say to pick in the whole team, because yeah. uh, we've had some really, really poor right backs. Um, but for me, I- I'll pick someone who had probably only one season with us, and that's Luke Young. And it might be okay. a bit, of, you know, a surprise to some people, but we signed the guy for two and a half million. I remember we signed him from Charlton. I think Charlton just got relegated. We signed him for two and a half million, and I wasn't overwhelmed by that signing. I thought. Luke Young, you know, average player. But honestly, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And we sold him, I think, for six million. We, you know, he was a 29 year old right back. We sold for six million. We sold to buy someone for two and a half million and sell them for six million. 29 year old, incredible. Um, so for me, I, I would have to say Luke Obviously, we've had some really good Pierre, some right backs over the years, like Michael Reisiger, yeah. you know, Curtis Fleming, 100% effort. You know, you're the first team coach, obviously, at the club now. You know, we have some really, really good, you know, right backs. Um, But for me, I'll I'll give Luke Young. I know he, you know, he's, it kind of, um, you know, um, based on my comment about, um, what's his name, uh, Victor Valdez not being there for long, which is why he's not in goal. I'm kind of contradicting my statement by picking Luke Young, but Luke Young was, Uh for me, the the best right back.
1: Um,
0: Left back, um, I'll probably go to Frank Cadru. Because okay. He was another player who gave 100 percent effort. You know, he, he was also a bit of a goal machine. You know, he was like yeah. uh, Danny, Danny Ayala of, 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 of um, what he's doing at the moment. You know, scoring goals. He's got some incredible, incredible goals. But also defensively, he did a great job. And um, he was just Mister Consistency. You know, always. I, I, I very rarely remember him having a bad game. Or, you know, a, a, a wing that giving him a torrid, torrid time. And he scored some incredible, incredible goals. I mean, I remember a few goals, you know, I think Blackburn away, you know, I remember him getting, you know, a couple of goals there and stuff. And he scored Mm -hmm. some vital, vital goals for the club. Uh, And defensively, it was really, really good. So, for me, I'd go with uh, factory left-back. Two centre-backs, and we've had some incredible centre-backs over the years. Um, The first centre-back's got to be, um, for me, my favourite borough player of all time, which some people... Might find bizarre, but for me Gareth Southgate, I absolutely adore the guy. The fact that he was the first man to lift a trophy from, from, from this football club, the fact that he was the first guy to you know walk us out in our first European mm-hmm. Cup final, you know he, he he was a leader. You know after every game, you know he was, he, was, he was on the Riverside pitch. You know that that you know that that image of his, his, his fist pump and stuff. Yeah. Absolutely, I loved He was just an incredible, incredible leader. I know it didn't quite work out for him as a manager, but him as a player was incredible. Him as a guy, incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a fantastic, fantastic defender and, uh, you know, he, he, him as well. He did a really, really good job for us and I, I would make him the captain of the team.
1: Okay.
0: Um, then the next centre-back is tough because we've had some incredible centre-backs. I mean, I mean we've had people like Hugo Ehiog, you know, who sadly passed mm-hmm. away a year ago. It was incredible for us. Um, you know, he deserves massive, you know, credit. You know.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I agree.
0: And I, I just remember the season that we won. Honestly, uh, it, it may sound a bizarre statement to make, but I think Hugo Echel, his performances won us the Carling Cup. It may sound bizarre, but honestly, I yeah. think he, you know, if, if you look at his performances, you know, that he did, he, I think, he, he, he was that instrumental. He was that good. He won us the Carling Cup. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, I would won't put him in the team. Even though I would love to put him in the team, but I would have to go with. Uh, it's difficult. I so have to go. With John, Jonathan Woodgate. Okay. I have to go. With okay. Jonathan Woodgate. Because Jonathan Woodgate, for me, used to play for you know Real Madrid. You know, ex um, England international, Baralad. You know, and if it yeah, wasn't okay. for his injuries, he would have. I mean, I, honestly, amazing, amazing player. I, I, I feel if we kept him, we would not have got relegated, you know, uh, afterwards, you know, because he, he left us, I think it was January 2008, we got relegated, yep. uh, June, two, uh, you know, sorry, May 2009, nine, so 18 nine. months later, if we kept him, I don't think we would have got relegated, honestly don't, he would have made that difference for us, so I would have gone for, I'd go for Jonathan Woodgate as, 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 as uh, Southgate's partner. Uh, it's a really... Sorry,
1: was that? It was a, it's a really, really solid back five, of like Swartz, yeah. Young, Southgate, Will Gidcater. It's a really solid defence
0: mm-hmm. that. I think, yeah, and, 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 and I wish we had, you know, a defence that was as good as, as, as that. And you know, and who knows? In a few years' time, we might be talking about Ben, ben Gibson, you know, under yeah. that, because I think you know, right now is, is would, 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 would I put him in that under that umbrella? Probably not. But if he's with us in a few years' time, why not? You know, he's, he, he showed what a fantastic, you know, loyal servant he is by his, you know, by, by staying this summer. He didn't have to stay. Yeah. You know, he, he had, you know, he could have spat his, you know, his, 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 his dummy out and, you know, throw his t- toys out the pram, but he didn't, he stayed. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't put him in my uh, best 11 quite yet. But in a few years' time, well, I probably, well, who knows, if he continues it, maybe. But right now, give it a few years, he'll probably, you know, you have a great great chance but yeah I, I, I agree it's, it's a good solid back five
1: okay. midfield what are you playing are you playing, a, are you playing a 4-4-2 or are you going to a 4-2-3-1 or? I,
0: I've got to go 4-4-2 I okay. mean that's the formation that we pretty much played that I remember for the majority majority of my time supporting the club Okay. I know the last few seasons it's been 4 3 one or 4-5-1 or whatever um, 4-4-2 for me is, 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 is I, I call it the football formation because it's <laughs> For me, that's how football is, how I remember it, 4-4-2. Yeah. Um, it's going to be tough. I, I'll start on the left wing
1: okay. and go
0: with Stuart Downing.
1: Yeah, down you know, Stuart
0: Downing. I mean, what a fantastic servant he's been for the club. And um, he's the only player of the current squad that I would pick purely for his legendary longevity. Um, and it's going to sound bizarre because I put him in the starting 11, but I actually wanted him to leave this summer. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Last summer, okay. I wanted him to leave last summer because I, I felt when he returned, he never produced he, yeah. anywhere near as you know what he's capable of. For me, it wasn't good enough. His performance levels weren't good enough, and I felt for him and for us, it was the right time for him to move on. I think. But my goodness, I'm delighted that he stayed. Absolutely delighted that he stayed. So what was that mean?
1: I, I think with I think with Stuart Downing is um we expect so much from him and i think yeah. we we expect him to be yeah he's 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 got a lot of england caps and it, it's a credit to him but i think we expected him to be better than what what he actually is um and hence yeah. why i think we were quick to criticize him um when he when he originally came back and yeah i agree that he wasn't he wasn't his best um but mm. this year he you can tell that his quality just shines through in times and
0: absolutely yeah you know, to be honest, I think he needed what you know. One of Gary Monk's you know, uh, positives was that I think he got the best out of Stuart Downing. And I think since Gary monk has gone, I don't think Stuart Downing has, um, you know, reproduced his form that he did at the start of the season. Because at the start of the season, he was he wasn't guaranteed the starting of level. He had, he had a point to prove. Yeah. So his performance levels was fantastic. I think lately, the last few weeks, last few months. Yeah, he said he's had a few good games, but the last few months, because he's been playing every week under Pulis, he hasn't produced as well as he could produce. But he was excellent against Forest. I was really pleased. He looked like he was getting back to his best. Czech United didn't play great, but more did the majority of the team. And then I thought he played quite decent against Derby as well. So well, I, I totally agree about what he said about the fact that fans expect so much because of these mm. street outing. And I remember, you know, Burton away, he got substituted off and my road you know I had a couple of fans in my road and they cheered when he got subbed off and I think things like that honestly doesn't help it doesn't help did down Downing play well against mm. no he didn't I thought he was very very poor to be uh, quite blunt but do we need to cheer him up when he gets subbed off no I don't think that helps him honestly I don't but you know um, he's had a great season you know if you look at the over the course of the season the fantastic season and I, I would put him in my top three as players of the season. I really would, uh, because of how he's done over the course of the season. Yes, the last couple of months have had a few icky performances, but I'm looking at from August to now. I think he'd be in the top three uh, players of the season. Um, so yes, yeah, sh- sh- but I totally agree. I mean, Stuart Downing's a—he's he, a bit of a conundrum. I mean, he's—I I mean, I remember I, I was at Southampton at home last season. Yeah. Uh, it's the penultimate game of the season, the last home game of the season, and. Uh, Obviously he got subbed off. Again he got cheered off, and uh, mm. and then but, and then I think he, he came off, and then he put his middle finger up. I think a few fans in in the west um, in the West End, and he got a bit of criticism. and stuff. "Was Stewie Downing right to do that? Probably not. No, in fact, no. He wasn't right to do it. It's wrong. But at the same time, were fans right to to to, to cheer the fact that he got subbed off? Probably not either. So, but he probably gets criticised more than any other player would." Because if, uh, if, if, if if another player gave some of Stu Downing performances, they probably will not get criticised as much. Because purely, like you said, of his England caps, the fact that he's you know a borough-born lad, and he's he's, he's probably, and I describe him as the most successful, you know, or the best player that we've produced from our academy. I'd, I'd say that, you know, and so, some um, older fans might you know disagree and say you know there's other players that were you know back back in the day, but certainly in my generation. Um, he's the best player that
1: you know, but I, I, but I remember Middlesbrough producing. Okay, no, I, I, I like it Just it's so refreshing to hear like the same, a very similar opinion. But who's your, your two centre midfields to to play alongside Stewie?
0: Again, it's going to be difficult because we've had some incredible, incredible midfielders over the years. I'd have to go with uh, George Boateng. Yeah, one. I mean, um, you know, he's just. I mean, I've, I've got. He's he one of my, my favourite players of all time. I mean, he he was all, he always gave 100% effort, you know. I mean, even under Gareth Southgate, he was playing right wing. He didn't moan about it. He, he, he a 32, at the time, I think he was 32, 33-year-old central midfielder, and he was asked to play on the right wing. Did he moan about it? No. Did he play well there? Probably not. But he's tried his best on the right of midfield, and my God, he did a fantastic job. But his, his, you know, his, his job as a centre midfielder, he was brilliant. He did his job, and... You know, honestly, he's the best midfielder that we've had uh, since Boateng, the best midfielder since Boateng. I mean, he's got similar, you know, qualities to George. Yeah. Uh, And and George loved playing for the club, absolutely loved playing for the club. And when you have fans still singing your song, that means you've got a legacy. And Mm. George Boateng has a legacy. You know, we we, we still sing for Janinho, you know, we, we, we still sing for, you know... Players that we absolutely adore, and you know, we that have a legacy. And I describe George Boateng as one of those players that 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 um, that, that, that's under that umbrella for
1: sure. Yeah, I think.
0: Um, Yeah,
1: go on. Sorry, just to add there, I think Boateng is every. To this question, I ask everyone: Boateng's always in that centre midfield. Um, Everyone picks him, so I think it's just a a credit to him and just his ability. And I think. you know, he's just one of those people say underrated. We go underrated. He he's technically probably one of the most underrated midfielders we've ever had. Um, in terms of just what he what he did and what he achieved under the club as well. And he's I think he's yeah, just I mean, an excellent yeah, midfielder. I
0: agree. I mean, I'd probably go a, a, a step further and say he's probably the, the most underrated player we've had. You know, mm-hmm. um, certainly under you know the the, the years that I've supported the club. You know, he's the most underrated player that we've had. I mean, I can't think of a more underrated player I mean he was unreal absolutely unreal
1: so who's who's going to partner um,
0: Joe yeah to to partner him it gets more
1: difficult as it goes on this it
0: does get more difficult because it started off you know fairly straightforward you know but once it gets to the midfield and up front it is honestly really difficult and uh yeah, and I, I, I didn't know you were going to ask this question, so I hadn't researched it. I hadn't, you know, put anything down. So I'm literally thinking on the spot. So it's really difficult. Um, so if, I, I apologize if, if there's any, of, any facts that I've said that is incorrect or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to partner him, I mean, like I said, had some incredible midfielders. I mean, a midfielder that I remember loving was Jeremy. I love Jeremy. He was amazing. Uh, Emerson, he was amazing as yeah. well. Lolo Zendon, you know, yeah, he was incredible. Yeah. Uh, honestly, mate, it's tough. It is tough. But then you've got someone like Juninho. I mean, if I'm going to play four four two, where am I going to play Juninho? You know, am I going to stick him up right wing? Well, it's not really a right
1: yes. winger. So, you could play the 4 the four four two diamond. 4-4-2 diamond, yeah, yeah.
0: I'll do that. Thanks for that. Johnny. Bring,
1: bring the do, diamond back.
0: i go 4-4-2 so On the top of the right. diamond, I'd go Giannino. yeah it made my decision slightly easier. So I'd, I'd have Juninho because for me... The, the best player that we've ever had. 100 um Honestly, technical ability. Brilliant, 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 brilliant player. Magical player. And I still can't believe we were able to have a player that good play for Midas. But honestly, it's, even though he, you know, he left us, you know, many, many years, you know, back, you know, 2004, you know, like fourteen yeah. years ago, whatever. Unbelievable. You know, we signed him 22, you know, 20, three years ago. Um, The fact that he's, for me, honestly, I, I can't actually put into words how lucky we were to have a player as good as him play for us. Yes. Honestly, I, I, I look at the the, the the players that are playing in the Premier League now and I would put him, you know, I'd put him right up there. You know, if, if you were to put the best hundred players to play in the Premier League, the best hundred players to play in the Premier League, you've got to put Juninho in that list. You've yes, got to. I
1: agree.
0: got to. And he's, he's the only middle of the player that would go anywhere near there. So mm. I did you know I've just remembered I have missed out Emerson in the team. Oh uh, this team's not easy. I've missed out Emerson. How can I not <laughs> put Emerson in this team? Because it was also unreal. I mean it's it's difficult, you know, because well, Emerson was
1: just So do you move so do you move to unreal.
0: do you move Sorry, to yeah. like a
1: 4231 now and then you put Emerson uh, in your bot and it's but like then, but then, yeah it's difficult because it. uh,
0: there's so, so many good strikers. I can't just play one striker. Yeah. I've got to play two. So I mean that's the beauty of, of, of picking this team.
1: Oh God! Do you know
0: what? I'm I'm uh It's all right. Uh, it's it's tough. It's tough. I think. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've got to leave out Emerson. Oh, I can't believe I'm saying that. I'm gonna get slated now. I've, I've got to leave out Emerson.
1: But to be fair, with, with with yeah. with Emerson though, he did have that that element of arrogance and he did go missing every now and again in terms of like in the winter where he would, just, he would just disappear for a few weeks and his attitude wasn't always great so like I think it can be understandable not to put him in the team just on that front but in terms of his ability oh well, ability, he was he, yeah, he, he
0: was yeah big, he was strong he had flair you know I'm um, real you know everything about him even the fact that his hair was just the most I mean the <laughs> best hair that I've ever seen by any of you know, <laughs> the beautiful uh, but yeah, absolutely. You know, sort of. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but yeah, I'm not going to put him in the team, which is. Uh, I can't. Yeah, sorry. I'm, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, he, that's probably the, the the biggest. You know, player that I'm, I'll I'll be missing out. You know, I've missed out some big players, but he's. Yeah, I mean, probably move on to right wing now.
1: Before
0: yeah, yeah it's not sort of fine. So right wing. Oh, I'm it's, interested. It's difficult, I, I mean,
1: I'm really interested in this one because there's. I think there's only two players in my head who I think probably deserve to be in this position. Um yeah. mm. but I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until you, if you to see if you sit. I mean there's a couple,
0: you know, that obsessive obviously for me one of them is Mendieta, that comes yeah. to mind Yeah, you know, that's his, his his performance, his ability. You know, uh, unfortunately he had has a few bad injuries. Uh but for me, I only remember his good moments. I remember, you know, beating Man United four-one at home. Him getting yeah. two goals. And it's interesting because I remember, you know, Gareth Southgate's recent interview he did with I think, you know, uh, uh, On uh, I don't know if you uh, listened to it, but he seen. had an interview about Mendieta. and he said that he didn't use Mendieta correctly because Mendieta in a four-four-two, you know, as a right winger, it, it, it wouldn't quite work or 4-3, or, 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 or four, three, three, whatever, it wouldn't quite work. But, Mendieta, as a central midfielder, or, you know, as one as the, you know, as a number 10, you know, it, you know, but he, he with having Yacoubu and Vaduka at the time, he, yeah. had, he, he had to play Yacoubu and Vaduka, so he couldn't play Yacoubu, Vaduka, and then Mendieta on the right, downing on the left. He felt that would, would give the team a bit of an imbalance. But then if he dropped one of the Vaduka or Yacoubu, it, it, again, he couldn't drop either of them because they were, they, they were guaranteed goals for us so you know Mendieta was a player that was probably misused a bit so you know Mendieta's a player that would think could maybe be in there as a right winger mm.
1: uh,
0: J- Jeremy as well you know uh, he could also you know the that he came alone from Chelsea was just unreal brilliant 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 player Um uh, difficult isn't it because
1: we had some really see, really really see I I would go bad. I personally went with Mendiator on mine but I also yeah. but I was surprised that like Triore is not technically in that mix because just I've never seen a player like triore mm-hmm. have that ability to take on like six or seven players in a heartbeat and then set That's something really- up so it's like it's like throws That's another spot in the works as well so
0: it's true, but I think a lot of fans, myself included, is a bit you know a bit reluctant to pick players that are currently there that haven't really mm. done much. So like people yeah. like Ben Gibson, and you know you know I suppose Ben Gibson, has been a lot of better better centre backs than him that play for the club. But the point about Adami Traore, you know, unbelievable, unbelievable talent, and there's probably not many players that have his ability. But I suppose the fact that he's only been with us eighteen months would be a bit naive to pick him in the all-time Borough mm. eleven.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think a lot of fans might, you know, even me, that, that's one of the reasons why I, the only player that, that's currently in the team that would pick in the all-time 11 is Stewie Downing because of his longevity. The fact that he's, you know, made his debut, you know, 13, 14 years ago or however long it was, did a fantastic sort of job. But Adama Traore, if he's here for another, honestly, if he's here for another season, or, or if you ask him in five years' time, you know, I might put a tri in the team, but there's a bit of a reluctance to put him in the team. I know it sounds stupid, but there's a bit of a reluctance to put him in the team because of the fact that he, you know, he's, he's, he still hasn't achieved much. Because, let's be honest, has he achieved much at Middlesbrough? You know, probably not.
1: That, no. But
0: who knows? If, if, if we end this season promoted, then maybe you can could, you could, you could look back and say he deserves it. But yeah. uh, in terms of my all-time 11, he's got a uh, right wing... I'd go with Geiske Mendieta.
1: i go with guys stuff, I think yeah I, I, I would go Mendieta as well Um, he's just like that just that excellent talent I can't believe that we had him and it's just <sighs> I think uh, when a lot of people tend to pick him as well um, <laughs> yeah. just because just of the quality that he had but moving to your front um, your top two now Um, oh, this is, this is like one. probably the hardest one for me as well I
0: think so yeah no it's, it's so
1: true I mean it's
0: we have had some incredible, incredible strikers. I mean, you look at Ravinelli, Hasselbank, Yakubu, Baduka, You know, unreal. And Alan Boksic. I mean, yeah, Alan Boksic. picked. I mean, yeah, because he's he, Alan Boksic. Probably a player people won't be picking. You know, but I, I, I'd I, I put Alan Boksic right up there. He was that. He was that. Honestly, he was that good. You know, other players. You know, even people like Hamilton Ricard. You know, a lot of people probably won't pick him. But he's, I thought he, he he did a good job for us, considering.
1: Hamilton uh, Ricard is still Millers all-time top scorer in the Premier League.
0: He is. He is. Mm. And he he did a fantastic job for us, considering that he never had as much. You know, um, the likes of Yukubu and the they had each other. They had Stu Downing to produce. You know, they had. You know, uh, and, you know they, they they were able to have you know players of that ilk. You know, that is very difficult. Um, up front, the first striker that I'll pick. It's going to be Mark Duca because I can't pick. I can't pick Mark Duca. I, I just can't. Not sorry. I can't not pick Mark Duca shall I say? So I picked Mark Duca because technically he was brilliant. Honestly, really, really good, strong. I suppose the thing with him was that his inconsistency, and because yeah. he was a bit of a big lad, a lot of people would uh, used to probably criticise him because he was a big lad. But in terms of his skill, he had out. Outrageous, outrageous, outrageous skill, like you wouldn't believe. Really, really, really good uh, ability. Um, so, yeah, so Marta the number one. Number two it's tough. Oh, yeah, there's also Tin Chai as well who could be yeah. put under the umbrella. I mean, we've been very fortunate. We've been, honestly, we've been very, very fortunate.
1: I think just before oh, you, you, why you, why are you thinking that, uh, the last one? The thing is with Tunshai, um, he just he had like such a poor team around him. And I think yeah, exactly if he ha- if he had like the likes of Juninho, Botang behind him, even Ray Parr, if you wanna throw that one in the works. Um, yes, yes, of course. It's just it I think he could have he could have been a lot more successful um in the league. And even like can't mm-hmm. believe I'm actually saying this, but even Afonso Alves would have probably done better with that team that we had Um, I'm not
0: so sure about that. I I agree about Tunschild, but I think Afonso Alves—the less said about him, the better. I mean,
1: yeah.
0: Obviously, there was a tweet from uh, Josh Franklin uh, on Twitter saying how he's absolutely delighted that Afonso Alves is no longer our club record signing, and and I totally agree. I mean, it's uh, not the best of memories, um, but you know, I mean, I mean, what could have been with Afonso? Because obviously. I remember he came off the bench, it was I think one game against Chelsea away, he came off the bench, I think he hit the post, he hit the bar, uh, it was brilliant and then he, his, well, then he started the next game, May United at home, I think it was March and it was snowing, and we drew that game, I think it was 2-2, Afonso Ava scored his first two goals for the club, <laughs> excellent finishes and then he, en- he ended the season on a roll, he got a couple of goals there, he got another goal uh, I think the following week. And then the end of the season, in that obviously that big eight-one win against Man City, got a hat trick. And I think a lot of fans probably because of the way he ended the season—you know, ended with you know six goals in a the final few games—a lot of people got very excited. Like it was it was false hope. It ended up you know as false hope. And um, yeah, I, I just don't think Alfonso was suited for you know for Premier League mm. football. You I know, was think... just, just wasn't suited and. Tenchai was, because of, of his work, correct, his effort, and I totally agree, you know, he was playing, you know, I think, people like Jeremy Ali, I, I, well, I haven't played for for a long time, so I, it's difficult to say his name, Jeremy Ali Adier, playing oh, the likes of him, Nido, um, you know, he ended the season with Marlon King, to me. So,
1: yeah,
0: a... <laughs> it, <laughs> I mean, I think I should stop now, because I, I'm, I'm given some bad memories of that relegation season, But um, but yeah, I mean, he deserves huge credit, because like you said, he was in a very poor team and did he get nine goals I think that season was it that season or the season before so, uh, where it, I think he ended with, with, with nine goals um, and it was our top I think it was that was it that season I can't
1: remember but, the, but yeah he end up,
0: yeah, ended up nine goals really really good player and there was also some games where um, Southgate was playing him on the, on the right wing which I didn't quite understand I know so, Turkey played on the wing sometimes but for me yeah, you had to play him up top you had to play him in that number 10 role and yeah um, but yeah, going back to the second striker is difficult because for me, I loved Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank personally. Absolutely adored him because he he was a passionate player, passionate striker, gave 100%. Lukaku, I loved him, was a goal machine. Ravanelli, like I said, he was the, the the guy that made me support this club. You know, Alan Boksic. A lot of people don't mention Alan Boksic, but he was unreal. You know, absolutely unreal. And there's other players as well who we deserve. I mean, Tough as well. <laughs> your top was fantastic because I mean that was yeah. early stages of, of my you know me supporting the club you
1: know um, even like Mikael Mi- Beck yeah.
0: yeah yeah I said it so Mikael Beck unreal you know Danish he's obviously an agent at the moment now but honestly strike is the most difficult position and, uh, Don't forget and the pop- Negredo Negredo Mikhail. last season I mean he was misused oh, right. I mean if we had Negredo Honestly, if we had Negredo, you yeah, I mean, he, the fact that we got relegated, I, I feel sorry for Negredo because we did not use him correctly, and no. I feel so, 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 so I can't express how sorry I feel for him because that guy should not be getting relegated. He was so good, and for him to score as many goals as he did in that in that team, he deserves huge, huge credit.
1: And uh, it, it's crazy that I mean, I can't believe we actually got our Alvaro Negredo in the first place and Victor Valdes in yeah. the same team. Um, and managed to get relegated with it, but I really liked watching uh, Negredo. He just oozed class every time he touched the ball. He was also doing the flicks and tricks would always come off, and it was just a shame that we had nothing like to help him with that. Um, no, I totally agree. But, I Totally agree. You
0: know, the lack of support a lot of reasons. I suppose you could say we didn't have the players to do it, but at the same time, did we have the, I think we did have some players to do it. I think Victor Fisher wasn't used efficiently enough. I, I think he could have been even a lot better. Adama Traore wasn't used probably enough as he could have been. Gaston Ramirez, I mean, Stewie Downing, we had attacking... I mean, if we had... If we played, you know, three of those players behind Negredo, giving him support, mm. that could have helped. But for most of the season, we often played only one of them. You know, and it didn't help him. Some games, it was just Negredo. The then on the right, it was Stuani, who wasn't the quickest. Then on the left, there was Downing. He wasn't the quickest. It was the most... Then the three midfielders were often Darune, Clayton and Forshaw. Again, so it really lacked pace, it lacked, create, it lacked real creativity. But what we needed, you know, if, if we had Stewie Downing as one of the three central midfielders and we had maybe Victor Fisher on the left and maybe, you know, Gaston Ramirez or Eduardo Traore as one of the other attacking players, then it could have given him that extra support. And it, but do you know what, hindsight, you know, a lot of what could have been, because a lot of people said oh, we weren't good enough to get uh, to stay up. I think we were good enough to stay up and we had players that were good enough and people like Victor Fisher, you know, I feel sorry for what wasn't used enough. But Dharma Troyori, you know, could have been used. But, yeah. Um, sorry, sorry, Matt. keep going on to different tangents. We're talking about best 11 and we're talking about our, you know, squad last season and stuff. Um, but to go back to the best 11, you know, the, the last, striker, honestly, mate, it's so difficult. Um, I would go for, uh, do you know what, I'll go for Fabrizio Ravinelli, go for it, go for <laughs> Fabrizio <Ravinelli. laughs> I'm sorry for the likes of Yakubu, who I love, and Hasselbank and Boxic. Mm. but for me, I've got to go Ravinelli, super round, yeah, because I, used to I love agree. this celebration, honestly, at the time, I was six, seven-year-old kids, <laughs> and I, I used to, you know
1: everyone goals, used to
0: you know, do it uh, in, 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 you know w- w- in the park when I played with my mates and stuff and I'd lift up my t-shirt and i score a goal and do the celebration and um, I, I, at that age I, I, I wish I had like silver hair you know absolutely loved Fabrizio Ravanelli, and um, yeah I, 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 I absolutely miss him and um, yeah he, he's, he's a proper proper I mean he was only in there for, for a season wasn't he so yeah to be held in such high regard, it's, and the fact he, he won the Champions League, didn't he? he Before he time. he scored.
1: Last, he? he scored the winning goal in the Champions League <laughs> final, and can then signed imagine, for Middlesbrough like the week can after. You
0: imagine that! I mean, that's just unreal. It's like you know, it's like someone scoring a goal in the Champions League final now. You know, uh, it's like Morata, you know, uh, or someone signing for us now. It's just yeah. unbelievable the fact that we we're able to buy these players, and it's even more unbelievable. We were renegated
1: with some of these <laughs> players. It was just, oh god, I oh, I just I can't believe it. It was like having a, it was like having a Ferrari forward, and then having like a real, just three wheeler car at the back. That's like, that's exactly why we went down. But but in terms of the, your team use, if it's actually really solid, um, so you've went with Swartring goal like a back four yeah. of young Southgate's captain. Woodgate, will yeah. get playing yeah. the diamond, um. We won't go into like the narrow or the wide, but we'll say yeah. we'll go boatang it's holding midfield, we are down on the left, yeah. Mendiero on the right. The Magic Janino in that camp position with Ravenelli yeah. and Viduca. If I'm not I'm being honest, that's an absolute solid team. That would be oh, that's unreal. you could probably hit top six with that. Like in like top eight yeah, anyway. But, yeah, I'm not well, I'd say top ten. I'm not sure because yeah, there's
0: some good teams in the top six, hey. you know.
1: We, uh, we, we we pretty much top, top yeah, seven with something's something, worse. Yeah, but I, I,
0: yeah, maybe yes, maybe, yeah, maybe squeezing to top eight, but yeah, top ten definitely. That's a top ten Premier League side. You know, we've got a solid defence. We've got you know hard working midfield, creativity in midfield as well, and two strikers who will score plenty of goals. And those players in their prime, unreal, Woo. absolutely unreal. Um,
1: I'm, imagine like so, imagine yeah. Janinho now in his prime, just going for like he be going for like hundred mil. Like 80, 90 million, just like the way, like, absolutely. The, I mean,
0: look the, at Coutinho you know, him, you know, and the, the money that he, he went for 140 million or something, or something stupid, and Neymar going for 200 odd million But I mean, if, if, if you look at it in that, you know, uh, in, in that perspective, Juninho is, is obviously worth a lot of, a lot, a lot of money for sure. Um, so, yeah, i probably also have a, a subs bench because I feel sorry for some of the people that I've missed out. So, I'll do it really, really quickly. So, Victor Valdez. Yeah. Uh, as, as a sub I'd also have Hugo Eriog as yeah. a sub-defender uh, um, and then I'd also have um, I'd only probably have only one defender as a sub probably I'd also have uh, Emerson as a sub
1: yeah.
0: uh, that's the uh, two else will I have? i I'd also have um, Bolo Zenden I know personally I wasn't happy with Bolo Zenden when he left us for Liverpool and stuff wrong wrong time I'd, I'd, I'd have him on the bench because I thought he was just unreal I would have uh, Hasselbank on the bench. Yeah. I would have Jakubu y- oh, or Boksic. Who would I have? Do you know what? I would go with Alan Boksic and one, I'd have one more defender. What one, one more defender would I have?
1: Ooh, one you're more gonna, defender. You're going um, to throw Gibson in there. You do could. you know what?
0: I'm tempted to but at the same time he hasn't really achieved much.
1: Yeah, good.
0: That's the only thing. The only thing you know, I know he got promoted with us. And do you know what? I'll, I I I I put in Ben Gibson because I, I'm going to contradict myself. he hasn't achieved much actually. He has. He got us promoted. You know, he contributed us to. He contributed to, to, uh, he contributed, uh, to our promotion-winning season. He mm-hmm. was one of our standout players. In fact, he was our Player of the Season in our Premier League season. And yes, he hasn't had the best of seasons this season, but he's been a regular player for us for the last five years or so I'd say yeah five years hasn't it he's been playing yeah. the last five come up to five, six, six years I think since he made his debut uh, correct me if I'm wrong so I would put Gibbo so for me yeah I'd, I'd have them seven subs because I mean you can't not have people like Emerson not involved because he's yeah. just absolutely unreal um, and I'm sorry for the you know the older fans that you know that remember the likes of Bernie Slaven and that remember the likes of Graham Souness. Yeah. I'm, honestly, I'm really, really sorry because they are absolute legends. But please understand, I've not seen them play, so I can't pick them. I can't. So really, really sorry about that.
1: No, I, I get that. But I think it's, if I'm honest, I want to sell think it's a great team that you've picked. Um, and, yeah. you know, people are going to have the like, the, like we mentioned earlier in this podcast, that everyone has an opinion, people will change, the more guests I put on, they'll have mm-hmm. different 11s as well, and it's like, it was, I think it's a really solid 11, um, mm-hmm. and as as we wrap this up, Yusuf, yeah. um, where can everyone find you, obviously they'll see where you are, at the match in the South Stand, but, yeah, um, sure. in, on like your Twitter, Instagram, yeah. Facebook, yeah. W- where are you at? Uh, so, yeah, they can follow me on, uh,
0: on Twitter, uh, Yusuf Barofan, uh, yeah, I my followers have just increased crazily over the last sort of few months, uh, they can follow me on Instagram as well, Yusuf underscore Borough. Um, I don't have Facebook, um, but yeah, they can also see me uh, on Bora Fan TV, I'll, I'll do in, in, interviews with them, I've also got my own YouTube channel uh, Yusuf Bora Fan. I've just hit 1,000 subscribers, nice. uh, which is incredible, I, I achieved it uh, this weekend, and my my uh, recent video uh against uh, the, the Bristol City Match Day vlog just you know nearly nearly double the, 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 the highest uh, the previous highest viewing video nice the last time I checked it's got it's got about 8000 sort of views which is incredible and it's just amazing because my, my, I started the YouTube videos uh, about two months ago at, yeah. you know the Sunderland away fixture and because uh, all season people have been saying to me you know you should do Match Day vlogs you should do your own channel and I was always a bit sceptical I was always sceptical um, I, I, and to be honest when I go to matches I don't really want to do these match day vlogs I'll be yeah. totally honest with you because I just want to support the team I don't want to be having a phone on my hand celebrating a goal or a phone in my hand celebrating the final whistle I want to be celebrating the team or you're celebrating with the team I want to be jumping up and down but people want to see me doing it so I've got to almost do stuff like that for them as well so I, I, even though I don't particularly enjoy doing it as much as I could, then I, I, I do it anyway. And I don't really see myself as a YouTube star either. A lot of people have called me a YouTuber. And to be honest, I hate that title because I'm not a YouTuber. And, um, and I, I, I'm not a YouTuber. I mean, I, I'm someone who obviously uses YouTube. Um, I don't particularly watch YouTube. What? often um and my content i don't try to copy anyone because i don't really watch youtube i just do what i do you know i'm learning i've made many mistakes but i'm learning um and then of course you know there's this recent you know increase in popularity you know obviously um for the last couple of months and uh, you know and with with that has obviously come a bit of criticism and stuff and obviously some of it has hurt because obviously i'm not uh, you know some people obviously don't know me personally but people that have met me people that have spoken to me often one of the, compliment, one of the things they often say about me is what a nice guy that I am and when people mm. do get to know me they'll obviously not say that about me but when people start saying stuff about me when they don't really know me it's a little bit upsetting, it's a bit disappointing you know some of the things that have been said about me like I'm um, you know attention seeking or uh, I'm craving fame or you know I want to be famous or stuff like that and it's it's, for me it's quite harsh because it's I, I, I don't agree with with that because I don't you know I, I don't see myself as famous either you know but at yeah. the same time if someone comes up to me at a football match and asks me for a selfie I'm not gonna say no to them I'm <laughs> gonna say okay yeah sure no, no problem or someone says you know hi you know and, and have a chat I'll, I'll, I'll have a chat with them do I see myself as famous no I don't but at the same time it's it's you know I, my popularity obviously increased and the fact that I obviously travel from London, that's also um, a factor, you know, a lot of people have noticed that, I've been going to a few more games uh, recently as well, but do you know what, the support from everyone has been unreal, I've had the most incredible messages from people um, both verbally but also online, you know yes I've had a few negative comments towards (laughs) me but some of the comments that I've had I've been unreal. I mean, I had the most. Inc- I mean, I had the message from someone on Twitter the other day. Unreal guy. He said to me, "Oh, hi, you. How are you? Um, you should be our mascot because you know, uh, you know, uh, I'm in the East Bank and me and my hmm. family love you. Uh, can I ask you for a favour? I've got a, you know, 16 year old daughter. She's going to start her GCSEs this week. Do you mind sending her a video message? <laughs> you know, you know, she's a massive fan of you. Uh, and I'm thinking, I'm nobody. You know, I'm absolutely nobody. I'm just and it's overwhelming because, you know, to be to know that I could make a difference to someone. So he said, you know, just the video, just wishing her the best of luck. You might give her that extra push. She wants to, you know, be a GP, she wants to be successful, blah blah oh, blah. Nice. So I said, Yeah, sure, no problem. So I recorded the message, sent it over to him, and he was just overwhelmed. with so that like, thank you so much, absolutely love you. Um if you ever need anything let me know. Then I said, Yeah, sure. Shall I send it over to her now? She's like, Yeah, sure, do it. Send it over to her. She was obviously overwhelmed, happy about it. But, you know, small things like that is is, is what I do, you know. And parents adore it as well, you know, that they'll come up to me and say, oh, my kid's a massive fan, can never picture with you. And they'll come up to me and say, do you know what, I appreciate you have time to have pictures with these with the young fans, you have time to, to talk to them and stuff. And at the end of the day, you know, my fan base is, is, is it's, it's ridiculous. I'm talking like I'm, I'm famous or whatever, but I shouldn't really be calling it fan base. But my, you know... I call it fan base just for argument's sake but it's it's different ages it's not particularly just young fans it's also older fans it's you know it's also also you know so many different people but there's people who don't even like football that have messaged me and said do you know what I love your passion and I'm not really a football fan but I might start because you know their family might support you know Middlesbrough and stuff and they'll say oh I don't support me this, room, but I might support me this room more because you show so much your passion and whatever. Mm. Um, but honestly, none of my passion is fake. None of yeah. my passion is like put on. I don't do it to, to to so people can look at me or people can you know to, to, to be known as as having this persona or whatever. I just try being me, and for whatever reason, it's only really been come to light because I've been going to more Riverside games this season. You know. And people that have been going to matches for the last three or four seasons, they may they may say they've seen me, you know, in a few sort of games. And obviously, I'm I'm, it's, 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 I'm difficult to kind of miss because uh, obviously I'm one of the few, you know, ethnic minority supporters to go to matches sort of regularly. And I totally understand that. And mm. that's another thing that I feel absolutely grateful about the fact that I understand I'm you know I'm an ethnic minority, even though I'm still in this country, I'm an ethnic minority, and it's yeah. an obvious thing, you know. You, If if, if you see a picture of Middlesbrough fans, it's like a, you know, Hmm. Key's like where's Wally? Because I'm literally the only, you know, (laughs) round sort of guy, guy. There's literally there, you know, but everyone treats me like, like, did they even like no, even notice it? Even though people will will probably think it, or they might mention, you know, they won't sort of say. But I'm treated with such respect and dignity, and it's it's unreal, and you know, and. I've been lucky because I haven't had any, you know, racist abuse from any sort of borough fans or whatever, which, to be honest, it's... You, you, once hate starts, you think that's the obvious thing to yeah. have. I mean, I have one or two kids on Instagram saying the N-word to me or whatever, but do you know what? They're kids. They're ignorant kids. They don't know what the word means and whatever. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, sort of learning sort of skills. But I'm, I, I, I just want to continue, you know, supporting the club. And, you know, obviously looking back at, you know, Cyrus Christie, he got, he got a yeah. racist tweet yesterday, which was I've seen that, wild. Yeah. And, um, obviously there was this girl on Twitter that I follow who tweeted it and I saw her tweet and I was just shocked. So I had to retweet it, you know, because she didn't have the most followers. She, 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 sorry, she didn't have many followers. Uh, so not many people would have seen it, but obviously I know I've got lots of followers. So by me retweeting it, it got, it, you know, obviously a bit got more attention. In- yeah, the engagement so it, it Cyrus noticed it and, I want to use my, you know, my my popularity, if you like, positively, I, 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 in, a, in a positive aspect. You know, uh, I, I don't want to be posting sort of nonsense or, or, or rubbish. I, I want to start retweeting things or posting things, out, you know, putting it out there. Because one of the games, I think it was Forest at Home, you mm. know, police officer came over to me and said, oh, um, the next game is going to be Sheffield United, uh, Sheffield United away. Uh, sorry, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, after Boris, uh, Boris games, you know, we've got Sheffield United away next uh, can you uh, um, um, the fans are going to stay 10 minutes after the final whistle do you mind retweeting that? I was like yeah sure sure okay. sure, no problem and it's like I'm obviously seen as, as, as someone who's obviously got a bit of popularity now and sort of been I've, I've, I've made a few mistakes as well I'm, 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 I'm not naive to sort of admit that I've, I've done things that it's not the sort of best. I mean, I, I put a, a, bit, a song out on Twitter, which I wasn't the most proud of. I mean, it was a, a, a song about Patrick Bamford. Uh, I, I, I deleted it after uh, the, the next day because yeah. um, because it got a bit of uh, criticism and stuff. And it, I, I, I've never been used to so much sort of criticism, and it got to the stage where it was a little bit personal, and it was over the top because it was. Do you know what? It was just a, a, song, a fun song that I made, um, and some people liked it, some people didn't. Um, but ultimately it is what it is but, um, but yeah I, 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 I've, I've enjoyed supporting the club and I've, the last couple of months honestly it's, it's been unreal and I suppose it also at the game where a lot of people noticed me probably March sort of March 10th was, but I think Barnsley at home when I was conducting the Riverside Stadium which uh, a lot of people noticed and to, to be honest that was not planned you know when mm. I obviously started conducting the Riverside Stadium I remember we went 2-0 up and, and I just noticed the staging went quiet it was absolutely quiet and um one of the players went down injured and i just thought only the red faction was singing only the red. And i'm thinking actually we need the whole we're winning to nil we need mm. the whole stadium to sort of bounce and so i asked the i went down i started you know going up and you know uh, it just happened i didn't plan it to happen and i didn't expect you know the reaction that it got you know it went viral um and a lot of people liked it. Some people didn't, obviously, because you know this this show I should be sitting down or whatever. Um, but also, what that's also done is now every game at the Riverside, the stewards are watching me because it's like, and I've had no explanation, for, you know, what I'm allowed to do, or what I'm not allowed to do. But I've got to try, you know, you know, supporting But it's going to be a big game, big big game on Saturday. Now hopefully, the Riverside Stadium is going to be bouncing and hopefully, there'll be another uh, Brighton at home uh, game. Um, and have a
1: couple of seasons back. But yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of like things that you said there in terms of like the Cyrus Christie thing. I thought that was like a very yes. good, important retweet, and I, it saddens me that still happens in like this of day society, and not just in football, but in actual culture as well. And we could probably go on a huge tangent about this, and I think it's it, and I think we should. We should do that in probably the next podcast we, we record together is going go yeah. in, delve into these this 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 culture and this social, you know, well well not the vibe but more or less it, it does yeah. it's still still happening and what we need to do to, to combat that and it's nice and refreshing to see someone who who does get a bit of publicity um mm. within the run but then using that right and using it more like effectively to breathe more positivity. To different right. people and I think it, it's really refreshing to hear that um yes no that, that,
0: that means a lot and uh yeah I mean obviously uh like, like, like I said it's, it's a subject that's close to my heart as well you know you know sort of racism and stuff and uh, the fact that you know I'm, I'm not going to ignore the fact that I'm one of the few you know minority sort of fans that sort of go to, to the matches and the only race abuse that I remember was probably leads away you know this season you know I put a tweet out um after, because we were singing, you know, uh, to, to, to Leeds, you're, you know, you're effing scum or whatever, I posted that video on Twitter, and uh, I've got a couple of racist uh, comments from some Leeds fans, not all Leeds fans, obviously, a couple of Leeds fans, but honestly, the, 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 there was a few people who uh, retweeted it, like the, the, the amount of people that commented, retweeted, liked, you know, people who have so much followers, I mean, there's one guy on um, Twitter, Mr. Middlesbrough, He's got like over like four thousand followers, and you know he commented with it saying, you know, he, um, you know, I'm one of the Middlesbrough fans, you know, continue doing what you're doing, ignore them, blah blah blah. Small little things like that make a huge sort of difference, and I think if people use their popularity sort of positively, which obviously Mr. Middlesbrough does, a few people do, which is good, then it's obviously sort of great. Um, but at the same time, it's it's, it's not getting carried away and. and me I, I, i'll never class myself as a celebrity never you know you've, you've never seen me come out and say i'm a celebrity or you'll never see me come out and um start you know changing you know i i, I want to continue being me i want to continue being me and i've had people you know uh, tell me a few times I, I, I need to calm down a little bit I, I've, a few times i might have got a little bit carried away or whatever but it's all about me sort of learning to deal with all this publicity and all of that and you know, I I just want people. If I'm doing something wrong, to just I don't know. There's there's, there's a way of, of saying things nicely, I guess. You know, bring things to my attention, and uh, I like to think that I'm I'm a pretty grounded person, and at the same time, I'm always willing to learn.
1: No, that's it. Um. So as as, as we wrap this up, and I think we'll probably yeah. have, have a quick chat uh, after this after I press stop. But um. Sure. So thank you to everyone for listening to this podcast. We've this is definitely the longest podcast we've ever ever oh, re- recorded. A but it's yeah. It's, it's, yeah, been, it's been like really insightful and I think people get a lot from it and mm. um we're gonna be back on this podcast next week. Um we do have a couple of guests lined up as well. I'm just waiting on just a couple of dates from a couple of ex players. We've also got a pundit coming on as well who is ex Sky Sports and Graham Bailey. Um but Thank you very much for listening Um, and uh, as as always, like, share, comment, do whatever you need to do and just engage with this podcast. So everyone, up the bar and, and take care.